All gas, no brake. And now we have liftoff. Welcome into the Now We Have Liftoff New York Jets podcast. And of course, I am your host, John June. And of course, on this Tuesday evening, wouldn't be a show without my guy, Frank Jim Piccolo. Frank, what's shaking, boss? What's going on, bro? Bro, I've been heated for the past two days. And I've been, I wanted to get your honest reaction because, you know, sometimes I could go be a little bit crazy with my takes and how I'm feeling a little bit. Yeah. So, <laughs> so after, after the game, CJ Mosey, uh, I forget how it was approached to him, but he was talking about the disrespect that the Eagles players, uh, were giving to the jets. So this is his direct quote. It, it was all over the field. I saw it coin toss, no handshake. Cox was laughing at Coach Sala when he, he was fighting for us, trying to get a play called. You see that stuff, and you f- feel that stuff. And as a competitor, as a warrior, when you're fighting with your brother, brothers, that pisses you off. That's been going on for a long time. Now, when I first read that, I was like, all right, you know, CJ's a leader, you know, probably good to get get out in front of that. And then the more I thought about it, the the angrier I I got. Like, can you do something about that then? Like, how about, like, if you feel like you're being disrespected, like, it, there might be a time to throw some hands. Like, th- that's just my opinion, you know, and that comes from the offensive line defense type of background. Like, it, as a man, if you feel disrespected, you probably should do something instead of going to the media about it and talking about like, I'm sick of like all these talking points with this team. Like I get this as a young team. Right. And I, I expected that, like I expected the growing pains, but when you talk about disrespect coming from other clubs, that's when, that's when something's gotta happen. That's when like, maybe it doesn't have to be CJ cause he's so important, but like maybe Nathan Shepard should should throw some elbows or something. I, I don't know. Am, am am I crazy? Am I losing my mind? Or are are you on board with that? One hundred and ten thousand percent on board with that, right? Like, I mean, if you are complaining about other people coming into your your home and disrespecting you, that's that's a problem with you. Uh, and I think that's a problem with this team. I, you know, we've been saying it. It's like they they play hard, but they don't play with a lot of fire, a lot of energy, a lot of passion. Uh, you know, we, we've seen it all year, right? Like whether it was Mike White or Joe Flacco or even Zach Wilson getting hit after the whistle, getting hit after the whistle, offensive linemen aren't doing anything. They're just kind of standing around. Like it's not just the defense, right? So this like this is an issue with the team, and like you're right. Right. Like do you, maybe you got to send Nathan Shepard, uh, you know, to go throw a punch or do something or, you know, but like. This for like we all we talk about with this, like, you know, we're going to talk about the defense in a little bit, but like 
the Jets D line, man, like one of the the best units on the team, right? We talked about it coming into the summer in our in our positional breakdowns. Like this was by far the best unit on the team, deepest, most talented position on the team. Why are they the 30th or 32nd ranked run defense? It doesn't make any sense. Like I, I couldn't imagine, you know, Rex Ryan in here with the likes of, you know, I'm not, and I'm not comping solid or Rex Ryan in any way. I'm not trying to make this thing a solid versus Ryan thing, but I just think about those defensive lines. Like those defensive lines would never be 30th or they would never be close to the bottom of the league in rush defense. Like that's got to be an attitude thing, honestly, man. And it, and, and it baffles me, right? Cause you would think, it would be easier to run against a three-four defense, right? Because you only have three down linemen. I mean, I don't, I don't really think about it that way as much, just because you have, like, I mean, a three-four defense, three down linemen is, you know, you that that outside linebacker, he's really an edge. It's really like four, sometimes five. And you've seen successful rush defenses that are, you know, three fours. You've seen successful rush defenses that are four three. I'm not going to put it all on the scheme as much. I just think with the personnel that you have. Well, I you think that's the problem. Stop the run. Like it's hard though because there's so many injuries with this defense in particular. It's like so I'm kind of. I hate to give them a pass because I hate excuses. Like I'm, I'm very next man up, but this team's gotten ravaged. No, they you. have, they have. I mean, and they faced it. I mean, they've, they've felt it. You know, all over. Uh, their defense and the D line at the second level and in the secondary for sure. So definitely something uh, that you know we we, we know we, we know we take note of and we you know we it is what it is right. It's the NFL right. Like teams they're not the only team that's hurt right. So uh, the Titans prob- have probably more significant injuries if you look at who they've lost and um, and right. So but they're still an eight and four team or whatever their record is here. Uh, but we got to talk about some special teams action here. And Amendola didn't play. Matt Amendola was cut, did not play. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, Frank. I have no idea who this kid was who was in there on Sunday. I wasn't watching the game. or I was I was at the game, so I wasn't watching it on TV. I didn't have the, the pleasure of getting to see his name come across the bottom of my screen as he, as he missed Kess- two. Kessman or bro, I was watching on TV. I was at a bar in Jersey, and I was as soon as I saw him go up for the PAT, I was like, I was like, he just doesn't look like an NFL kicker. And yep, nope, that the kicks didn't look like NFL kicks. Nothing looked like it was NFL. And what's and what's and what's funny is, so I'm I'm at the bar with my wife, and we're talking to another couple. And I tell the other couple, he's going to shank it. And he shanks it. And Madison goes, isn't that like a 22-yard field goal? I was like, yep. Sure is. Yeah, so uh, definitely not fun times here. But look, why kick it? Just why? Like, there's no reason to. And we saw Salah after the two missed PATs ends up starts going for two. So that was off that, you know, that was great to see that by him, but like why? And now they sign Eddie Pinheiro, who I think spent some time in Chicago, also spent some time in Indy, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. He's been around the league a little bit. 
a little bit, which I again I don't mind. Like, but just think about what it could do for your team, for the confidence of your team when you send the kicker out there and he actually converts points, you know, instead of you we should have we should have resigned Jason Myers after the 2015 season. I mean, look, I sure, sure, whatever. That is what no, it it's is. Imp- I know, but it's important. Like, I mean, you can't be missing PATs. Like, sure, as much sure. as but Joe as, Doug, that's that's a Joe Douglas issue, though, right? Because that's oh, a Mike. Because that's putting it. That's saying that you know these are Mike McCagnan's problems when Joe Douglas has had plenty of time. Oh, he's been terrible years. He's been to terrible. The kicker. He's been terrible with that. When you talk about last year, when you had uh, the. The kid from that got brought in from Baltimore, or that got traded from Baltimore to oh yeah, Kari Vedvik to yeah to like Minnesota. Yeah, well, he could he just couldn't kick here. Like, our, our well, because you got the kid cross training. He's punting and kicking one day. Like, found out the kid couldn't do either one. But yeah, either way, I don't want to spend too much time no. talking about this because at the Kicker, end of the day, like, kickers aren't people. Going all of these kicking opportunities, just go for two, just go for it on fourth down give the offense an opportunity here to better themselves in these high pressure situations, especially as they're young, you know, Matt LaFleur, he's young as well. So obviously, you know, continuing to Mike, his name is Mike. I'm going to do, I don't know why I keep doing that. Um, Mike LaFleur, you know, he's, he's uh, obviously he's continuing to grow as, as an OC here. Um, but before we touch on the offense, I know we touched touch a little bit on the defense, but we're going to go back to that side of the ball. Again, we went on this rant here with the defensive line, but I, I just have to do it again, right? Like, how could you sit here with this Quentin Williams, all-pro player, right? John Franklin Myers, big money contract Is player. he an all-pro? All pro caliber. He's having an all pro caliber season. I'm just, I'm just right? asking, you know. Yeah, no, I, I, he's having an all pro caliber season. Um, and get, I get it. We we know what the you know Bryce Huff and and Carl Lawson understand that, but I would like at some point. I get it. I understand Sala is a head coach CEO, but I'd like him at some point to just stick your hands in this defense for like a day. And just let's see what happens, right? Like, if this defense could play a little bit better, granted, they, you know, I don't know what happened from the beginning of the year to now. Uh, I mean, they have suffered a lot of injuries, some a lot in the secondary, which I think has really hurt them. But, uh, you know, this defense is is really a, a detriment right now. Yeah, it's bad. Like, it's it was bad. Philadelphia has a really good offensive line, and they got two very good, capable running backs. But what baffles me is C.J. Mosley and Bryce Hall said after the game that they didn't pre- prepare for Gardner Minshew when Jalen Hurts was up in the air with his availability, like n- not being prepared for the backup quarterback when the starter is iffy is a problem. 
Like, it's a problem. Like, they should have prepared for Gardner Minshew. It's not like it, – it, it's not like they're, they're two of the same quarterbacks. They play a, a similar style, but obviously no one's going to confuse Gardner Minshew's running ability with that of Jalen Hurts. Yeah, that was weird to it was weird to hear that uh kind of reminiscent of when we heard it about Tyrod Taylor and Baker Mayfield uh 2018 when they played on Thursday night football and how they said that they didn't prepare for Baker Mayfield they had only prepared for Tyrod Taylor um and you know similar situation here where the Jets are saying they only prepared for um they only prepared for Jalen Hurts and didn't prepare for Gardner Minshew. Um, Jeff Ulbrich said that the offenses are similar and they don't change much with either player. And I, I have to say, I understand the Jets have been getting killed for this. I do kind of get what they're saying. Uh, if you look at Jalen Hurts, right, like 50% of his rush attempts or almost 50% come from just scrambles. Uh, and so they're they're not like it's not like um Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, where a lot these are, are a lot of designed quarterback runs. Some of them are obviously, but that's just run game and the run fits, right? Like it doesn't change a whole lot of the I mean, I don't think the pass game changes a whole much. So it's not like the entire offense changes all that much. Uh, in terms of the concepts that they're running. So I, I do understand what they're saying. Now, if anything, though, right, they should have been much more prepared for the run game then, if that's the case, right? Like they should have been able to stop Philadelphia's running attack, but they had no answer for it. Um, You know, they had no answer for Dallas Goddard, which they haven't been able to cover the tight end position all year. Like especially not not all I wouldn't say all year, but especially since the absence of Marcus May and, and Lamarcus Joyner, um, they have not they've had some difficulties covering opposing tight ends. Dallas Goddard, they, they have no they don't have anybody that could cover an athletic tight end. No, and you you got and they they got one into their house on Sunday in Dallas Goddard, and they had no answer for him. I mean, he had two touchdowns before the half was able to finish with over 105 receiving yards. Um, I mean, Dallas Scott was, yeah, just unstoppable uh, when it came to what he, him running around in the Jets secondary. Yeah, it was just bad. All the, all the way around, like when you look at Goddard, he had six receptions for 105 yards and most, uh, most of those like were like screens and slants. They, they weren't like, crazy design design plays where like exotic like it wasn't crazy exotic it was no i mean they had some they, they did target him down the field quite a bit as well um in addition to some of those shorter routes um but you know the fade route in the in the bottom right pylon um and you know he had a, a, a obviously the touchdown in the first quarter or to start almost on the first, on Philly's first drive. I mean, this game though was back and forth. It seemed for the first quarter. Uh, I remember checking the live odds on the over 
after the uh the, you know midway through the second quarter and it was like 64 and a half and I was like oh my god um but the you know the it was a fantastic performance by the Jets offense and it was the best part about this performance was it was led by Zach Wilson you're not sitting there watching Joe Flacco lead an offense or or even Mike White um you're watching Zach Wilson the number 2 overall pick do it and he had three touchdowns on the first three drives all by him. Uh, the first one, him and Elijah Moore, just Elijah Moore on a great – I mean, we'll we'll get into Elijah Moore in a minute. You know, the man's going to get in his own little segment here. But, uh, you know, Zach Wilson, you know, obviously then on the fourth, the fourth and one call, fourth and goal call, going to Ryan Griffin and then getting the quarterback sneak there to put three touchdowns on the board. And there was a 24-18 game at half. Now, you know, people might want to kill Zach Wilson for his lack of production in the second half, but the Jets had the ball for 59 seconds of game clock of game time in the third quarter, right? It's a 15 minute, 15 minute quarters here, and they had the ball for 59 seconds. They only ran three offensive plays. The fourth play was a punt. No, not many quarterbacks would have much success touching the ball just one time in a quarter. Uh, and, you know, it's definitely tough to get into a rhythm there when you are a young, a young quarterback there. But, Frank, what were your overall thoughts on a performance here by Zach Wilson? Promising, right? That That's, a, that's what I took away from it. This is the type of game I think you could build off. It's hard to build off games – like a game like he had in Tennessee where he had to come out and make a lot of off platform throws, because what are you building off of? That's you kind of playing backyard football. You're just going off of like instincts and athletic ability. When I broke down the film yesterday, you could see in practice that he made a concerted effort to not have his feet so hurried. Like that was that was a lot that you heard from these analysts like uh, Daniel Orlowski and Steve Young is that when he's in the pocket that his his feet look hurried like he's rushing through his progressions. He looked especially in that first quarter. He looked a lot calmer. He went through his three five step drops. Boom, the ball was out of there. I uh, I think um, I. I believe that he's finally starting to get more comfortable in this system. I thought it was going to come sooner because we kept hearing hearing during this draft process that this was going to like this was the perfect system for Zach. I just you know like we've said he's he's young, he's a 22-year-old. I believe he's 22. And it it was gonna take a little it was going to take a little time, especially being that Corey Davis has been in and out. Elijah Moore started the year hurt. They they don't have a tight end, which is normally a rookie quarterback's best friend. Like when Sam was a rookie, his favorite receivers were Chris Herndon and Quincy Anunwa, who was basically a oversized tight end. Undersized, but I, I picked up what you're putting down. 
Um, yeah, no, totally agree with you there. I mean, he totally looks way more comfortable uh, this week than he did just, you know, I think it was overall his best game, right? When you look, uh, even the turnover uh, wasn't egregious. It wasn't a, a terrible decision, probably just poor execution there on the throw. Uh, you know, he was able to make plays within the structure of the offense. Right. And I think that that was definitely promising. And like you said, there was a lot of expectations put on him. Uh, there was a, there was a, um, you know, a thought there that he was going to come out of the gates. They called him like a football savant, uh, how, you know, he, he studies the playbook and he's, a, he's, a, you know, they have to basically kick him out of the building and we basically put all these all these expectations on him that said, hey, Zach Wilson, he's you know he's ready to go. He's gonna you know hit this offense running. He's taking all the first team reps. But we still have to remember, like this is a Kyle Shanahan system, which is one of the hardest systems to learn in football, regardless of your position, but especially when you play quarterback. So a lot of guys they come into it. Aaron Rodgers had his fair share of struggles his first year playing in that system under Matt LaFleur, a head coach for the Green Bay Packers there. Uh, so, you know, Mike LaFleur here is going to have this opportunity here to grow with Zach Wilson, grow with these young players like Elijah Moore and Michael Carter. Uh, and so I think that, hey, we were hard on the kid. I, I know I was especially hard on him last week for sure. Um, you know, and – even last week, there were some, there were still like those baby steps. You could see that they were, that they had been taken. Uh, but, you know, as we said, the Jet fan is running out of patience now. We want to see it now, 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 now. Uh, especially, again, when you look across the league, you see guys like, you know, all these rookie quarterbacks that are not having success, right? With well, the and, that's, and, that, and that's the thing, though, right? And, I was I was talking to my buddy. I was like, all these rookie quarterbacks are struggling. Justin Fields Fields isn't even playing right now. Trevor Lawrence has only thrown one only threw one touchdown in the month of November. And when you look at Mac Jones, he went in he went into a ready-made situation where the quarterback before him plays in a similar style. And you know Bill Belichick is not going to put Mac Jones in a situation that's going to hurt the team. For I mean, two, look what happened yesterday. They threw the three, 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 three times. Three times. Yeah. I thought that was Rex Ryan back there. No, I mean, once, I, once the weather report came out, I said, hey, this is just the way Bill Belichick likes, likes oh, his football with that, games. Especially now, right? Like, you don't have Tom Brady there where, you know, you feel comfortable throwing it 40 times a game. You know, you have a rookie quarterback. You're playing against the Buffalo Bills, and that – that was like an offensive lineman's dream last night to just run run the ball. Down their throats, assert your dominance, but that's enough of talking about the Pats. Yes, please. This on a jet show, you can't be talking about the Pats for more than we need to. So obviously, speaking about our our offense here, the running game looked good. Tevin Coleman. Uh, continuing to show he's still got some stuff left in the tank. Um, you know, my just warming it up, keeping it warm for Michael Carter when he comes back in, uh, in week 15 against the Miami Dolphins. 
But we also, I talked about it. Got to talk about my guy, man. That guy right there. Elijah Moore, number eight. Uh, I mean, wide receiver one, right? Especially, I mean, look, even Corey Davis, we understand uh, if you if you haven't heard, he will be out for the rest of the season after having core muscle surgery. So, uh, you know, there were some reports that he probably should not have been playing in the game on Sunday. And, you know, the, the, the news that he's getting surgery pretty much confirms that he probably shouldn't have been playing in that game. So Elijah Moore wide receiver one season, it's been here for a while, but it's, it's pretty much here now. Uh, the guy has been balling. I mean, you know, you look at he's what he their did best yesterday. playmaker by far. He's, no, just he's absolutely best our best playmaker, but you look at what he did in Sunday's game. I mean, you know, obviously uh, Frank, I come from fantasy land, fantasy football diagnostics. That's the pod, shameless plug. But anyway, you know that, you know, I, I was looking at this matchup from Elijah Moore coming into this matchup. You're, you know, if you had Elijah Moore in fantasy, you were almost tempted to sit him because the matchup was so poor here against the Philadelphia offense that's good against wide receivers. But that didn't bother Elijah Moore, not one bit. I mean, 12 targets, six catches, 77 yards one touchdown reception there. If you go all the way back to the Cincinnati game here, Elijah Moore is through those six games is on a 16 game pace. Remember we do play 17, but I'll give you 16, a 16 game pace of 136 uh, reset or 136 targets, 91 receptions, 1,224 receiving yards and 13 touchdown receptions there. That's a rookie. And I think I'm getting to the point now with Elijah Moore where I'm confident that he's going to get his no matter who we're playing against. Like, I also and I also feel like Mike LaFleur is coming to his own where he realizes how good this kid is, where he's – you could see that he's making plays where Elijah Moore is the focal point of those. Like, he's – He's Zach's first option and sometimes first and second option. Yeah, I said it. I said it last week. Uh, you know, it was evident on the fourth and one call against Houston. I got to have a situation. Um, and who does he go to? He goes to the rookie and Elijah Moore, uh, you know, 12 targets on Sunday. I mean, that pretty much just shows who who the lead guy in this offense is. And, and again, I mean, you don't have to take it from me. There's plenty of people out there, uh, film analysts, whatever that breakdown wide receivers go look at the, you know, some of the, the all 22 film of Elijah Moore. And you're going to see that this dude, he makes plays even when he's not getting the football uh, because he is just putting DBs on roller skates with his route running ability. The kid is an absolute beast of a route runner. So, I mean, Jet fans just be happy that we have like for the first time in a long time, a young offensive player that actually plays football like they do in 2021, this right? Is, <laughs> but, like, for me and you, right, this is probably the best wide receiver ability-wise that the Jets have had. Like, maybe I, I wasn't – me and you weren't 
around for Altoon, but he's probably has more ability than Keyshawn, you know, d- different type of player. You know, Keyshawn was more of that Brandon Marshall-esque type of guy. You had Wayne Corbett, who was like Wes Welker before Wes Welker, you know, shifty, but not fast. This is like a straight playmaker. Like you, you, you saying, he's, on, he's just different, like, right? Like, like I think the lock that comes- lock it, like lock it, like you said before the season, that's a great comp. I know it, people have been throwing like a lesser Antonio Brown around. That's a good comp, but like, I don't even think you could compare him because I think his football IQ is higher than those guys. I mean, it's tough and to his say want to, and his want to, like, at least his want to, like for me, yeah, you I can mean, tell. It's, 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 it's definitely tough, right? Like, but the thing with Elijah Moore is that everything that you hear about the kid is that he's not, he, he doesn't carry himself like a rookie. Like you wouldn't think that he's a rookie. So I'll definitely give you that. Like maybe his football IQ is, and maybe that's what you probably meant is better at this point of his career than it was when those guys were, were rookies entering the league. Cause like Elijah Moore is doing, I mean, I'm not going to like Justin Jefferson had a phenomenal year, like phenomenal, but like this 14, Justin Jefferson had 1400 yards. Elijah Moore is on a, is on a 16 game pace of 1300, almost 1300 receiving yards here. Um, so again, like he's having a very good season the Antonio Brown comp, I, I, I understand what people are saying because when you watch him run routes, you're like, oh, I, I totally get why people say Antonio Brown because of the route running ability, his ability to create separation there. I mean, friend of the show, DJ Bienemy, that was one of the first things he talked about was Elijah Moore's ability to create separation uh, and how special that makes him so special. And, and it, I just feel fortunate that as Jet fans, you know, we watch players, you know, across the league in our own, in our own conference, even, um, you know, you know, in our own state, like we had to watch Odell Beckham on the giants. We even watched Stefan Diggs now on, on the bills. Uh, the, the dolphins have Jalen Waddle uh, and, and we have a player of our own here in Elijah Moore that is exciting. And again, coming from fantasy land, people are excited to play Elijah Moore on their fantasy teams, which is something you couldn't say about a jets player in a very long time. No, I used to have a like. I used to have a rule where I wouldn't draft or pick up Jets players, no, no matter what, because they were always horrendous when it came into like fantasy football. Like you talk about our receivers, Quincy and Noonwell, Jericho Cotri, like they're good, decent receivers, but they never really put up like crazy fantasy numbers, except except maybe for that one year with Marshall and Decker. And and that's the point, right? Like, and I, and you, you know, when you were talking about receivers, like this is the most, like this is the most impact I think a receiver has made on this team since Brandon Marshall's 2015 season, right? Like, we haven't seen another receiver do what Elijah Moore is doing during the span. I mean, he's got five touchdowns over six games, right? Like, this guy is producing. Gotta love it, man. Gotta love it. Uh, so we do. Obviously, we know Corey Davis is going to be out. So that means that there's more opportunities here for a guy like Denzel Mims, uh, who got a lot of run on Sunday. That was something I just kept saying repeatedly uh, into space. Was Denzel Mims played a decent amount of snaps on Sunday? I mean, he didn't do much. I know you're making that face, Frank. 
but he he didn't do much. Uh, you know, didn't get. I think he got one or two targets. I actually think he did get a reception there. Uh, in classic Mims, Mims, uh, oh, four yard reception. One um, target. One target. According one to target, Fairfax. four yards. Did play thirty six percent of the snaps, um, which was the most in a game in which Corey Davis was active and playing. Uh, so, you know, definitely would assume that he's the guy that's going to take the lion's share of the opportunities here with Corey Davis out. I think it's evaluation mode time for a guy like Denzel Mims. You got to find out what you have in him or whether you need to invest in the wide receiver position again. Uh, and again, he's had a tough year. Had dealt, he dealt with injuries, dealt with a, a non-COVID injury uh, that which caused him to lose 20 pounds and then actually caught COVID recently, was just activated off the COVID list. So uh, any expectations for you from Denzel Mims here, Frank? I, I'm i not going in with any expectations, but like you said, it's evaluation mode. They have to see what they can get. I still think he's young enough where if he doesn't fit this offensive scheme that LaFleur is trying to implement, I still think you'd be able to get a fourth rounder for Mims at this point. So they need to see what they got. And then if that's the case where he's not going to fit the offense, you find a team, you trade them in the offseason – and then either in free agency or in the draft or maybe both, you address it. Yeah, and I think, you know, we shouldn't lose sight of the fact that that we could realistically walk into a situation next year, the New York Jets can, and Elijah Moore is like really the only dependable guy you have, you know, when you look at your roster, right? Because Jameson Crowder, he's – I mean, I, w- I don't know what his situation is going to be, but I would say he's probably not coming back. Uh, Denzel Mims, you have again, you have to find out what you have in him. But assuming that he doesn't, it doesn't pan out, it doesn't come together. Uh, and then Corey Davis, we don't know how you know if he'll even be ready to start at the start of the season with this you know core muscle surgery. So you know, we definitely have to. Rich Semini said it was an eight week recovery. Eight week recovery. Okay, so then that's you know that's. Uh, you know, not terrible there. So it seems like that would be put him in line to be back to start the season. But free agency is right around the corner, right? Like Joe Douglas and this coaching staff are going to have to know, do they invest in another receiver? Do they go after a guy like Michael Gallup? Do they go target a guy like DJ Shark? Right? Like these are things that we're going to have to find out and will be discussed right here on this pod. So – Anything else that we got to talk about offensively here, Frank, um, before we move on? No, offensive line was solid for the most part. I thought, you know, even the, even the run game, I thought the run game was solid for the most part. So there you go. Offensive line analysis is um, done by our in-house offensive line expert. But we are obviously moving on to our next segment which my guy Frank will lead us into. As you guys all know, the next segment is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Hey, football fans, I'm sure we all love action-packed, high-scoring NFL games, but with the latest 
no-brainer from your DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You'll be a winner once a single point scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, that is TPPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets if they score. You score with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem called 1-800-GAMBLER. And as my guy Frank said, this next segment is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use that promo code TPPN. And this line of the New York Jets at home against the New Orleans Saints is also brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. And this game has a 43-point total where your New York Jets are five-point underdogs here. And we obviously know we've got some breaking news here around right hot off the presses here. Cam Jordan of the New Orleans Saints has been placed on the COVID list. Uh, so that's a big blow there for the New Orleans Saints defensive line, um, which if there's one thing that you – there's there's a couple things to know about this matchup here, but the biggest thing to know is that the Saints, they have one of the most dominant rush defenses in the league going – and that spans over the past three three to four seasons. Uh, how the dominance of this rush defense. The other thing to note is this pass rush here is not one of the uh, – it's not one of the – or this pass rush, this pass defense here is one of the worst pass defenses in the league, especially when you look over these last several weeks. And so there, I look at this game as an opportunity here for Zach Wilson and Elijah Moore to continue to make some plays in the pass game down the field. However, the Saints pretty much know that the New York Jets cannot stop the run. They have a quarterback in Taysom Hill who ran for 101 rushing yards last week against the Dallas Cowboys. Alvin Kamara has been out for, I think it was five games to this point, four games, five games. It's felt like, I think it's five weeks, four games. He's been out with a knee injury, so we don't know his status and if he will play. But if he does, obviously, yeah, sorry. Uh, 
if he doesn't, Mark Ingram probably still run for 100 yards and a touchdown or so against this porous rush defense. However, I do believe that there's an opportunity here for the Jets defensive line. Taysom Hill is not very good. Uh, he's not, not almost say he's bad, not very good. I don't think Taysom Hill is as bad as people make him out to be, but he's playing with an injured finger. I don't I think he's a guy with, there's no weapons outside on the outside to speak of uh, that really, ins- you know, puts some fear into you if you're, if you're the Jets and, you're, and you know, the Jets secondary. So I think this gives some opportunities to get some exotic look, exotic looks and, you know, really load the box up against Taysom Hill, who, you know, is going to want to use his legs to beat you. So with that, I think the Jets cover. I still think that they lose. think that we hit the over. Um, but, Frank, I want to hear your thoughts. Hmm. It's tough. As always, it's always tough to figure out what defense you're getting with the Jets. Right? Especially against this team. Because this team is so... The Saints are such a weird team. Because they have they have some pieces when they're healthy. Like, Kamara's amazing. I, I even like Ingram to an extent. I just... Taysom Hill... What do, what do you do there? Like, which Taysom Hill are you getting? Is he just a gadget quarterback? Is he more than that? But they do have probably one of the brightest offensive minds in the game in Sean Payton. And like we talked about last week, the solid defenses do have a hard time with mobile quarterbacks. With that being said, I do think the offense continues playing well-ish because I, I do like the pieces on defense for the Saints. Demario Davis is a good linebacker. Uh, they got they got pieces. Losing Jordan hurts them, but I don't I don't know if that's going to matter all too much. But I have the Saints winning and covering. Definitely hope I'm right this week. Then um, I think I said the Jets. Did I say the Jets would cover last week? Oh no, I thought Jalen Hurts was going to play, so I did not think that they would cover last week, and I. Did not believe, or I had them to win the week before against Houston. So, oh, we'll see. Maybe I can get three in a row here and get hot. Well, yeah, I mean, it'll be an interesting game for sure, man. I Like, to your point, which Taysom Hill do we get uh, and which Jets defense do we get? Because that could really set the table for what kind of afternoon we have on Sunday. Yeah, if they could get pressure on Taysom Hill, right? If they load the box up and get pressure on Taysom Hill and force like it's not that it's not that difficult when you're playing a young quarterback. Make him beat you with his arm. Yeah, I mean and and the, the thing is is like the solid defense struggles against these mobile quarterbacks, but these mobile quarterbacks that we've listed like the Josh Allen's, the Russell Wilson's, the Kyler Murray's, 
they're also like elite passers as well, right? So like <laughs> they're elite quarterback. They're elite quarterbacks. <laughs> so so like this is a little different, and that's why you know I um I wasn't overly afraid of um you know I'm not overly afraid of Taysom Hill, and I'm not overly I wasn't overly afraid of you know Jalen Hurts even as a as a quarterback as a passer. I was just more afraid of the of the, of the Philly offense per se. But if Alvin Kamara plays like this, like there's like zero shot. The Jets, not zero shot. I don't want to say zero shot, but like it becomes very hard for the Jets to to maintain, you know, competitive spirit in this game with Alvin Kamara is out there because you don't know how to like how do you treat with all their you know they they don't have Michael Thomas, um, Deontay Harris, their most explosive receiver is suspended for the next three games, including this one. Um, Marquez Callaway is not going to give Bryce Hall any trouble. Little Jordan Humphrey is, you know, I guess probably going to give us some trouble playing out of the slot. But, like, who do they have as a playmaker? Like, Alvin Kamara will – like, how do you treat – you could put Kamara and Ingram on the field at the same time. Like, how do you yeah. treat Kamara who, at that point? What are you going to do? Who are you putting on him? Who are you putting Nobody. on Kamara? Just, me? just give me the ball back. I'll take yeah. the ball. You, you put Quincy Williams on him and hope that Alvin Kamara drops the ball. No, I, I know it's it's severe him or Ashton Davis, and either either options terrible option. Just let him score. Give Zach Wilson the ball back. We'll we'll try to win this game 51-49. Uh, That'd be an awesome game to watch. It would be, even if we lost. Yeah. Uh, if Zach Wilson, if the offense scores 55 points, <laughs> that's a win. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is what we said, right? Like, the 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 loss on Sunday, these are the losses that we want, right? Like, the 33-18 where the offense looks good, uh, they're rolling, like, you know, maybe they, they hit a bump. But that, those are the losses that we that we expect here, right? And so if they can put an exciting game on tape – they can give us some excitement here. We can watch, you know, Zach Wilson continue to to make, you know, make strides. Elijah Moore continue to dominate as one of the better receivers, you know, better up and coming receivers in the league. That I think that all could be, you know, Jet fans around the world could be happy, could be excited, could be uh, seeing the good things that are coming potentially with this team. Some some of us, because you know, there's a portion that want it instantaneously. I mean, can you blame them? No, you can't. You can't. You can't. Especially the the older Jet fans who've had nothing but misery for the past forty years. Yeah, man, definitely uh, understand the pain there. Understand the want for it to change, but. You know, as Sal likes to say, <laughs> we're gonna lo- we're gonna feel really happy. We're gonna tr- we're gonna we're gonna remember these times. We're gonna feel real fortunate for when the good times come, man. You know, Tony old Tony Robbins always says it's all about the process. If the, your process is correct, the results will eventually come. So, with that being said, uh, I think I got to pick a lock here. So, uh, I'm going to go with your Frank's favorite lock, Arizona, 
minus two over the Rams. Really? I was staying far away from that game, even though Los Angeles is not playing good football as of late. Nope. Uh, with that being said, I am going to go with the Niners plus one over the Bengals. Okay. Picking on Joe Burrow a little bit, I see. Mm, you just don't know what you're getting with that offense. From week to week, it changes. No, I totally get that. Um, so we'll see what happens. Again, I hope I hope I'm right because that means the Jets covered, and we'll be talking. Potentially, we could be talking about a victory Tuesday here. Uh, we get my fuzzy ball hat back here. I I think I'm I'm only in agreement. I'm only gonna wear it when we win. So, gotta have some fun things around here. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for spending the time. If you could just please take a little bit of time, just rate, review, subscribe to the show, however it is you're consuming this wonderful content here, this wonderful Jets content, however you may be consuming this content, just please, whether it's on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, whatever platform it may be just subscribe click a notification bell if they have one leave a review it all helps us out doesn't cost you anything and just continues to allow us to take this show to another level so until next time have a good one we're out of here peace (music) 